Juice. Tapping in with y'all real quick. Let y'all know this episode of Be Light Podcast is going to be an amazing episode. We are sponsored by the Be Light Mentoring Program, where we help young men and young women um, reach their dreams, reach their passions, and follow their greatest uh, intuitions. Because at the end of the day, that innate sense of freedom and power that we strive for inside of ourselves, it never goes away. And sometimes you just need an assistant to help you unlock that inner light. Um, today we break down the effects of isolation being terrible for depression, impact of seeking power in relationships, and is it cocky or is it confident? Make sure y'all tap in every single week. We appreciate y'all. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast, and we love y'all, and be alike. Openly for you guys to be able to kind of help help you find some transparency, some clarity. Um, so welcome back to the Be Alike Podcast. It's your boy K. Sloan here with the homies. Jay John, Jay Diggity, she got the brain. Nate G, Nate G in the house. That sorry eagle shirt on. But shout out to Everman though. I give you love for the Everman shirt. You know, say Everman Jack. Only undefeated team in the NFL. That's how we get treated. Mm. I'm about to say, can't call him sorry. I don't got no love, no Eagles. And then uh, Britain's dad, where you at? He is disappeared. He changed his shirts. What no. What I do? We can't, we see, can't you. see you. No, we can't see you, brother. Like John Cena, brother. Mm. You can't yeah. see me. But we, we need to see you. We need to see you. Though. He got now. He muted himself. I do. But oh, there you go. There you oh. go. Yeah, Mister Lifting Go. He's here. He's here, folks. How about the Cowboys? How about them? Oh. I play today, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, we played yesterday, and I'm I'm worried about that. So I played today, brother. Today Sunday. Oh, I mean, I'm tripping. Yeah, we played today. We played today. Yeah, one, five. one and five. Excuse me, one and five. So <laughs> I just wanted to get it out the way. I guess I want. I wished it was yesterday, so I could get past it. Day, <laughs> I wanted to be a day further away from that situation but i guess we still here we still here today so oh keep that same energy you had last week right <laughs> no no he said no <laughs> no no i'm gonna ride this roller coaster of emotions that's what i'm gonna do so I'm, the next time we win i'm gonna get back on it but you know what i'm saying we're we gonna take even that like even if the next time y'all win y'all like two and ten you know what i'm still gonna be live because i'm gonna act that's as if i'm gonna that's act real. as if that's real yeah, that's real. 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 I want everybody to know I believe that he's not him. I don't care what y'all y'all can do that. I don't care. That's my that's my I'm sticking to it. Caleb Williams is not him, bro. I'm sorry. He's not him. I just feel like I feel like he doesn't have the mental to be that guy in the NFL. I don't even know Caleb. I don't I don't I don't even know episode of Cap or No Cap. Bro, I don't feel like that. Like I when I watch when I watch Bo Phoenix. He gives you more than even his name. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Hey, Jay. We watch both. Here you go, boy. Hey, don't you do Tommy both. of the Week every week? <laughs> I think we got a nominee. <laughs> hey, man. In his football takes. Look, look. Michael Phoenix, <laughs> yes, should be a Heisman front runner. Bo Nix is still yeah, there. He got Phoenix. away from sorry Gus Malzahn. He can play offense now. Oh, he better, man. too. Bo, Bo Nix better, too. He better, too. They're not better than Caleb. Have you seen the throws this kid makes? On the run, sideways, backwards. But he but he got he he up here. You can see it. He ain't there, bro. He ain't got that dog in him. He ain't got oh, that dog true. in him. Like I felt I kind of felt similar. And I, and I go, you know what? I'm gonna leave that there. No CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud, right? The, the best rookie quarterback by no, listen, talking but, about numbers okay. earlier. He's been the best rookie quarterback you could right. ask for, period. Right. So okay. to that point, CJ Stroud, I was wrong on. I was wrong on CJ Stroud. So it doesn't, that doesn't really back my argument with the Caleb Williams thing. But <laughs> I still – I just want to go ahead and put it out there. I still believe that Caleb Williams is not that guy. I don't know. I just can't – I'm not sold on him. So but you admit this, this is the being same person. Yeah, yeah I've, I've definitely failed in this game before. But, but – No, I'm just saying but, you, you literally just admitted to being a failure and wanted people to trust you on this one. I didn't, I didn't ask nobody to trust me. I'm telling you all my opinion. <laughs> I'm just telling you my opinion. I don't care. I don't care if anybody trusts my decision making on this. I'm just not. Hey, compl- so we're gonna put that out there. Your opinion is wrong. Hey man, it could be. It could be. You are proving but, to but when, but when, but when, but when, man, look, y'all know I watch football. CJ, but, CJ Stroud is better than your Bears quarterback already. Nah, he's not. He's not better. He's not better than Kyle Fields, bro. He yeah. was better. They played at the same college, and he was better than him there. <laughs> and he's better than him in the NFL. What are you saying? But y'all be disrespecting him because y'all just watching what he's doing with the Bears. The Bears organization is poor. No, sir. So we just, we who, just... who is the Buckeye fan on He's an Ohio State fan. You are, you are a Ohio State fan. I watched every snap of Justin Fields at Ohio State. I watched every snap of CJ at Ohio State. And he's, he's no he's better. question who is the better quarterback. No question. Huh? CJ should have beat Georgia. CJ beat Georgia. Our okay. kicker missed the kick. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, football is what it is right now for me, bro. So I'm just like, kind of just. This is what happens, like we talked about earlier. When you're oppressed, your brain starts going different places, and you don't say things that make sense. I just, I just, I feel like I'm just hot taking. Honestly, I, I don't like Taylor Williams though. I really don't. So I'm just gonna leave that there. I, I'm not a fan. He's, he's not. He's not that. He's not that good. He said he feel like he's just high right now. He's not that good. It's not that good. All right. Well, you might be right. Yeah, I don't think he's that good. I think I think he got exposed against Notre Dame. So he they they look good. Their defense he, he got exposed. So either way, we're gonna get into some psychological stuff because you know, obviously, that's where I need to be. Because I, like I said, I don't be taking <laughs> the takes on these NFL quarterbacks, but still I'm I'm standing by what I just said. Anyway, <laughs> um uh, man. Jay Jones, talk to the people a little bit about, you know, what we were talking about before with isolation, because we introduced that topic the last time. We didn't get to get to it. So we ain't go. never get to it. We ain't get but to it. it's all good. Yeah, let's uh, roll so it. We talk about isolation with, uh, like, depression. So a lot of people, when they're depressed, they want to uh, socially isolate. They want to get away from things, get away from their hobbies, just kind of lay in bed, do nothing. Um, I have a couple clients that are severely depressed, and when they isolate, they self-medicate also and self-medication can be drugs alcohol which is going to spin you into more of a depression 
um, not socializing with others, not uh, engaging in your hobbies, not doing anything. You basically, some of our goals for our severely depressed clients is to get out of bed. That, that might be the first goal. Hey, get out of bed and walk around the house. You know, from there, we try to get them outside to get some fresh air because uh, isolation is just gonna make everything worse. And um, when you start self-medicating and everything, thinking your own thoughts, nobody cares, it can lead to, you know, some suicidal ideation. So if you are depressed, um, the best thing to do is try to get around other people who love you, talk to people who love you, watch TV, do the things you usually do, try your best to do. I know it's hard sometimes, but um, if you have any type of medication you're taking, take your medication. Don't isolate. You can't do it by yourself. You can't, even people who are not depressed can't do it by themselves. So um, that's the thing I wanted to kind of say about isolating when you're depressed. Yeah. And I guess piggybacking off that, bro, is I, I, I'd say that most times when I think it gets the worst, because I think we all go on like little smaller cycles of depression than, you know, people that are clinically depressed. Everybody kind of deals with some level of depression depending on traumatic experiences, uh, certain seasons when we know we remember certain things that happened, certain people we lost, just just a, a multitude of things that can affect you and take you down to that dark place. I think the the enemy is that just alone, like that silence, that exclusion. Um, for me, I know I always wanted to be alone when I felt like that because I knew that no one would take me out of it. I think sometimes when you get depressed, you actually enjoy it. It becomes like a almost like a masochist of sorts. You like start to like the pain. Like you start to like the pain of being down there and it's a lot easier by yourself. So I would say having, you know, a good peer group, having friends that'll lift you um, is probably the easiest way to keep yourself healthy because you're going to go on those, those roller coasters. And I, I want people not to feel alienated by experiencing that. Like you are just like the rest of us. We all go through ups and downs, even if we portray ourselves to be healthy. Um, and happy. Sometimes we put on the mask, and we go out there and we orchestrate and we become act great actors and actresses. So you never know what other people are dealing with. Sometimes you just got to reach out. Like for me, when I get down, I just go and just help people to try to pull myself out of that dark place. I just give energy. And then hopefully that energy is returned and reciprocated, which normally it is. So I think that's a way that you got to go about that. If you know you struggle with depression, isolation, like you said, bro, is that's 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 the anchor. That's gonna hold you down there. Is that that being by yourself? So I don't know. What's y'all's thoughts on it? I feel like being around people that can make you laugh is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I, I I feel like that's always really good when you you know it's kind of dark places. I saw something the other day that I don't know if this was true or not, but it was a little post on Twitter that I saw, and it was like what kept you from committing suicide? And uh, the person who was responding to it said. They called, they called a suicide hotline and nobody answered the phone. And they thought that was hilarious. And I was like, that's that's kind of crazy. Because they, like, it it was so ironic to me that it made me laugh in the moment. And I had I felt better. And I went on about my day and I'm still here. So, you know, I feel like there's little stuff like that. Like, it may not, that may not be a true story. But find things that can put you in a better mood for the moment. And see if you can build on those small, like, small things like that and continue to, you know, pull yourself out of it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. I like, I like that a lot, actually. Because that, that, that reminds me of football. Like, whenever I was, like, in football, that was my favorite part about playing, bro. It's just, like, my funny teammates. Just the funny stuff that used to happen. Like, I feel like that's why I, I was always, like, just upbeat. Because, like, 
the locker room was funny when bros get the clowning and talking about how sorry folks was. Like I was definitely one of them ones to call you sorry to your face in the, lock, in the locker room. Like after I ran you over to practice, like I was him. I was him. Not 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 Caleb. I was him. <laughs> I, so I I knew I knew how to you know what I'm saying rile up my teammates. You know, be a little funny with it, but at the same time, you know, I knew what I was doing. Man. Anyway, D Money, what's up, man? Mister Little. Uh, maybe somewhat to a biblical sense, but I can always use it for everyday life. It's a very popular proverb that says, "The idle mind is the devil's workshop." Ooh, it means that it's easy for the devil to use his ways, his tricks, his whatever, uh, his agenda. When you're idle, when you're lazy, when you're not doing anything. And that's one of the key things to keep people in depression. I mean, it's honestly, I'm not, you know, a professional, but it's honestly a trick of of uh, evil thought is is to keep you there, to keep you idle. If I can keep you idle, then you won't get out of the situation. You won't get out off the ground. You won't get out of the hole because you you know you're not putting the action to get out of. You stand there. That's one thing. Also, that my grandpa used to always tell me when you hit rock bottom, uh, either you can get up and climb out or you can lay there and die. And that saying says the same thing. Either you can stay lazy, lay there and die, or you can find a way to get up and get out of that hole. And that's a key to understanding the power of the situation. And it's not easy when you're in the situation. It's very, very, very easy just to lay there or just to be idle or not deal with society, not deal with people, not deal with friends, not deal with family. I don't want to bring them down. I don't, you know, feel like doing this. Even if I go here, I'm still going to feel alone. Uh, it, but it's also a working habit to say, you know, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get up and be around people that I love. And that will help, not in all cases, but that will help boost you into a position to climbing out of that situation. I ain't saying that it's going to happen in one day one meeting, one person, but it will help. Mm -hmm. Because if you listen to people in a general sense, if you lived on this earth long enough, you have heard people in a general sense say when they get alone, that's when everything hits them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Their own thoughts. And sometimes, I mean, when you're depressed, the thoughts are not going to be positive thoughts. You know? And then, like I say, self-medication. Some people drink or do other types of drugs. And that's just going to make you spiral into more depression. So, like you said, Demarcus, having that circle or the gym or the football team, the school, whoever it is, just to get around and laugh and have some fun, it brings up your spirits. And I, I've seen this, some people who are clinically depressed and they just get around some of our case managers that work with them. And they're like, man, just showing, seeing that somebody cares brings me out of depression sometimes. So, Yeah, and I, I feel like that, that also makes me think about, we talked about it before in the past, the Superman complex that a lot of men carry with them, which is that, you know, I got to make it all work and I can do this. Um, I'm the one, you know what I'm saying? Because we think and provide and protect, especially as fathers and husbands and boyfriends or whatever we are, we think and provide, protect, provide, protect. You know, what I'm going through, I'm going through it and I got to go through it for us. And you start to kind of believe that you're the one and you got to do it all by yourself. And that can make you isolate as well because when you wounded and you out, down and out, Sometimes you don't want to tell nobody, like you just want to just, you know, muscle it out. You may be thinking you're being weak, 
But I think the strength comes in numbers when you share uh, struggles with people sometimes. You find that inner strength that you already have. You just need it revealed to you through a laugh or revealed through it to you perspective. You know what I'm saying? Some perspective will help you kind of get back to that. So I would say that's why we just can't stay alone. Like you can get alone because I think being alone is important on the flip side of this conversation. But staying alone, like you said, DeMarcus, that's a good way to put that. I like that. I'm still that one. I, you, you end up itemizing the devil's workshop, finding out what is it exactly that he's using as a tool to, to fight against my mind because he's fighting for your mind. So I, I, I like that a lot. Let's see, uh, ain't that what Dory said on on finding about <clears throat> just keep swimming, just keep yeah. swimming, keep swimming, man. You gotta keep moving, keep your motion. That's the, that's the that's the hardest part though. Sometimes just keeping moving, but it's it's just that simple. You know what I'm saying? It's that simple. But then kind of pivoting, you know, looking at you know the whole Jada situation, man. Um, and just what what's kind of the <laughs> <laughs> when we just kind of rolled into that. The whole Jada, Jada, Will Jada. and Jada, or is it just Jada? Will ain't I'm saying that. Jada because she's doing all the talking. Yeah, season, I was so like, Will but uh, man, how how about you introduce that Mr. Lift and Go? Talk to the people, and then let's kind of build on that. You know, with the concepts we talked about. <clears throat> well, it's good to hear from the actual person instead of you know following rumors or TMZ. So I've actually seen the interview with Jada. She's promoting a, a book, a memoirs book, where she's going to tell whatever. And, you know, people can say it's, you know, a con to get people to buy the book or whatever, but it's her truth. And her <laughs> truth... I'm sorry, the Eagles just lost it. I saw Nate face. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was funny how he looked to the TV to watch the movie. <laughs> yeah. Nate's an Eagles fan, as you can tell. But in, in her truth, she said that her and Will went over, you know, this divorce. Well, let's go back to the beginning. She said that she was turned on by how Will approached her to start dating her. He kind of demanded a position in her life. Well, he asked her if there was a man in her life. She said no. He demanded a position in her life. Will say, you know, you're my girl now. It was sexy to her. And this is from her mom. It was sexy to her. She kind of let it passively accepted it. You know, she went to L.A. because she was living back in Baltimore. She went to L.A., you know, accepted the role. And then it grew into a marriage. She said that she cried all the way down the aisle. And, you know, most people would think that as a, you know, a sacred moment. But she said she cried down the aisle because she didn't want to get married. She never wanted to get married. You know, forward that to the breakup, it got to a point to where their relationship was just not a happy one, they, from what she said, decided to go their separate ways, but they had a vow to each other as far as marriage to stay with each other. And as you, as everybody can see, they look like they've still been together this whole time because they've been uh, respectable to one another. It's never been out there in the public. <laughs> Besides that no, one time. Besides no, sir. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> Besides that one. <laughs> It's one situation where we can go. So she and Will, from her perspective, have been separated for seven years. And yeah. that brings us up to speed to where we are now. Like I said, it's one-sided, <clears throat> but that's Jay's side. What I was telling the guys was, male or female, in a relationship, it's a little stronger when you're in the marriage. 
But if two people come to an agreement and it's adjacent from what everybody else thinks or what everybody else feels should be morally right or ethically right or what they believe a marriage should be or a relationship should be, if those two people agreed upon it and they good, why, why is there so much taking value from what you feel like should be the input and the outcome? That's because they're a, a public persona. But you can't say that it's been respectful when you have publicly embarrassed this man for countless times. I'm not even gonna talk about this whole entanglement situation. That's one thing. How can you say you respect somebody you married? If your wife has your child write a letter to a dead dude that he ain't never met. She. She. And say, basically, I wish you was my daddy. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Come on. It was hypothetically speaking. Mm-hmm. No. No. I think uh, she never met him. Go ahead. She never met him. She shouldn't even be that close, quote unquote, to him or to his spirit, whatever it is. And plus, I think people have some uh, an opinion because they they are married, they made a vow, and I think they still. I mean, I don't know if they agreed on sleeping around with other people or having an open marriage or whatever, but uh, it just so seems like she said everybody thought they had an open marriage because yeah. they've been separated for seven years. So if they seen them or they heard rumors or they had public or people talk and seen them doing different things, it's because they were separated. They never had an open marriage. It's just that they, the the public didn't know. So that's, that's where that story comes from. My thing is, outside of the legalities and what it does for like your finances and stuff like that of marriage, what is the point of a seven year process? Seven years is a long time to say y'all couldn't figure out something. If you can't figure out we gonna be together and it's good, or that we should separate completely like what are you actually doing in seven years that's in the book I, she didn't go into detail about that I, I think the bigger issue is why is y'all's house all on social media you know what I'm saying what, what, what's going on in y'all's house is literally all of our business right now and I think it's for a reason because it keep you it's it's drama and people Marketing. like drama it's Probably marketing is. If you're going to continue to stay, I, I'm not trying to be rude to her career or her, you know, as an actress or anything. What is the last thing that Jada has done in a movie that was notable? I but she don't need the money, though. She don't need that. She don't need, no. like, Jada Pinkett Smith does not need, or Jada Pinkett doesn't need anything. No, that's too many. You know what I'm saying? That's not, but it, it's not necessarily about you need it. It's about you can get it. And if you know you can get mm-hmm. it, from keeping that kind of stuff out there. It's just, it's a buzz. This happens literally every couple of months. We don't hear about Will and Jada, and then I have to hear more than I care to know about Will and Jada. <laughs> I didn't know. It's sad, bro. It's sad. And the bro. thing is, like we said, Will is chilling. It's almost like Jada does want the buzz. It's almost like, because Will don't say nothing. He just be chilling, and Jada says it all. So I think well, it is a Hollywood thing. When you Hollywood, it's almost like, Nobody pays attention, but I can make them pay. Attention. Well, go ahead. Well, he said Will and say nothing, but actually speak loud in the words. Ask Chris Rock. Okay, he's he's Chris Rock. Rock. But look, really, 
as much as, as we talked about that, now it's like, bro, I kind of maybe feel, I don't know if it's bad that I feel for Will, but it's like, what you really got going on? If y'all been separated for seven years, and clearly y'all ain't making no motion towards getting back together. I, I'm not going out like that, bro. You mm-hmm. probably slap but not, but I know I got partners. I got partners. I got partners. I got partners that be be down bad too, though. So I'm not. I, I feel like I don't want to get too far on that side of it. For me, I see a lot of bad situations in regards to like just relationships, like that just look like you know. But it's not my business though, right? Because I, I stay out of it. Because I'm going to have my own issues in my relationship. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, let me deal with my own stuff. But my thing is, it's like, we were talking about before, why we even brought this up. Is this uh, you her seeking power, like more power, gaining more attention, more credibility? Like, is this just a power grab? You know what I'm saying? That, or- that, is, the, that is a big talking point. Because she does have Red Table Talk, what people know her for, which will draw eyes and bring people back to Red Table Talk. Of course, he'll draw attention back to the book to raise the sales for the book. And then she solely gets to profit off of both of those things, you know? So it's the power of social media, bro. I don't hear nobody talk about Will and Zayden in real life because who really cares? Who really actually care about Will Smith? It's the information that she gives up. It ain't like TMZ found this in a hole somewhere. It's literally the information she gives up herself. This is, I can put a clip on social media, I'm going to get buzz going, and we getting views. That's really what it is. And and, the, and that's the problem. And I think that's the, the unfulfilled nature of seeking power. You know what I'm saying? That's why I even brought it up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you if you seeking power, you will never meet that satisfaction. You'll never quench that thirst. Like, that is never going to happen. I think you have to get to a point of being healed to where you don't need that. There's certain celebrities I don't think we would ever see you know what I'm saying, conduct themselves in this way because they're they're operating from a more healed space. And I just think we're looking at somebody that's, you know, obviously showing the trauma. You know what I'm saying? She's showing the trauma on a, on a high level. So it's sad, bro, because, you know, power can only be displayed through the audience's approval of the display of power. You know what I'm saying? Like, you need an audience. Like, she, if she had no audience, if no one was talking about this, it wouldn't matter. If little mama start talking about her, her dude that been doing this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. That been that been doing this for seven years. We Shots wouldn't fired. even care. Like we wouldn't. She has no audience. Like she doesn't get Shots that. Shots fired. Shots fired at little mama. <laughs> hey, little, little mama. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Your lip gloss popping, but we not we not checking for you. We not checking for you. So he it's said like lip gloss popping. Yeah, but we not, we not checking for you. So all I'm saying is, I think this is just a power um, grab. She's trying to gain more. And more at the sacrifice of her family's legacy, bro. Like you making y'all look bad. Everyone looks bad right now. I don't care. You stop. And and you showing us as regular folks that it's okay that we conduct ourselves in this way as well. Sell out, get you some money. Like, come on. No, we no, we gotta go to the next topic. Do we? We're four, we're four men. Well, almost. I ain't gonna do that. That would be too long. But from a woman's perspective, do you think it's empowering to a woman's perspective to say that she is in control of her destiny, her money, and her her uh, legacy? Is it the is it the family man's legacy, or is, or she gets to create her own too? I like we like we talked about. Will Smith, her own. Will Smith name is going to ring forever. I, I, let's just be honest. Will Smith's name is going to ring forever. Jada Pickensmith is tied to Will Smith. 
if you take away that tie, like Nate said, oh no, like Carrie said, I mean, she stopped a long time ago. I mean, she did for her family to have the kids and raise the kids or or, or whatnot, but is this is this a position to empower women and say, hey, you still have a voice even if you're married or even if you're a part of this, like, because that could be yeah. a narrative she could bring too. That's a good thing in itself, if that's really what it is. To say that yes, you're you're married, you're still an individual, and you do have your own power and your own, you know, we talked about legacy last week, all of those things. But when it's at the expense of literally making the person that you are committed to mm -hmm. look like a total idiot, and really mm -hmm. yourself, you look like a fool too. Like nobody looks smart here. The the one thing I saw about this earlier today is supposedly they don't have a prenup. And they say Will's net worth is like 250 and hers is 50. So the smartest person is probably the accountant saying, let's just keep it together right now so we ain't finna lose all this bread, Will. If that's really what it is, what is it like? What's actually powerful about that? What is beneficial about that to anyone? You know? So, yes, what you're saying, DeMarc, is, is a good thing if it's a positive thing. If it was Red Table Talk takes off and it's, you know, this great healing space for people to come and, and figure things out. That's all good and well. But when a majority of what you're known for and talked about is literally just gossipy drama, like what good is that? Okay. Let's call it chatty patties. She's looking for some chatty patties to go ahead and start, you know what I'm saying, running that information around. So I'm like, that's but, not- What, what do y'all think? I mean, I know she said a lot about Will too, but do y'all think the Tupac murder situation, I was finding who, but quote unquote, y'all think they reached out to her a little bit too? Because you know she's tied to Tupac, maybe. I think, of course, media has something to do with it and they want to get her feedback on it. Again, I don't know whole story on this. Earlier today, I saw supposedly the girl that Pac was really weak when he died. She ain't ever in the media about this and stuff like that, whether that's because she has no celebrities to her name or whatever mm -hmm. it is, but it's not like what does it actually matter that yeah. okay you loved Tupac you could have went been with Pac but you wasn't so what are we really talking about if I die they're not going to go and dig up one of my ex-girlfriends from the past and be like oh my god please tell us what you think about Nate like he's gone bro it don't matter it don't so it's a sad situation I mean everybody. <laughs> That's a subject for something later on too. Like there's a lot of people that are, are married to somebody and whether they were in love with somebody before or not, what's the truth behind that and, and can it be said? Can it be what said? Can it be said? You know, like she's- But why, 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 why does a covenant that you make with one other person need to be like said to anybody else though? You know, I, I just that part doesn't make sense to me. I can't even get past that. Like we made the covenant. You and I made the covenant. Why do I need to go blow a whistle to the whole world and let them know how we came together? I need to tell you I have a problem with how we came together. Let's resolve it. And if we can't resolve it, then we go through the, the processes. And unfortunately, divorces happen every day. You know, you don't like to see it. But, you know, the, the statistics back up that it happens. 
Do what you gotta do, but take accountability. I feel like it's not like like all I be hearing with all this drama is like it seemed like no accountability on her part a little bit. It's like I'm not trying to even hear about you talk. Like it's like trying to hear that. The camera. Get off my get off my phone. We we, we my never phone. we never if they together, if they not together, we never needed to know. It's, it doesn't it don't change my life. I don't wake up tomorrow like dang. Will and Jada married, but they separate. <laughs> I was begging to pay my same business. check. I got the same check today. I got the same check. <laughs> same <laughs> check, same call, <laughs> same apartment. Like Will and Jada is separated. I mean, but they married though. Like I don't care. I don't care. So yeah, she's talking too much. But hey, like I said, if it is Hollywood, I understand. Some people, maybe her agent or somebody, told her, "Hey, this book." Ain't selling enough. We can, yeah, we can make this. We can push this book with, with this information. Not everybody. I bet. I bet the sales went up on this book. I bet. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's a business. It's a business move too. So I, I kind of want to pivot a little bit, and I guess I want to take it kind of the direction of cockiness versus confidence, right? Cockiness versus confidence. So, um, you guys, I would say, are confident brothers. I mean, you got to be confident to be in the positions you guys are in. And we have a podcast where you guys get on here and basically talk about different topics. And you, I see you guys as experts. So can you guys tell me, right? What What's the difference? Because I believe truly in my heart of hearts that I think if you are good at something and you have the desire and the audacity to say that this is something that I'm good at, I do this well, and you speak that out loud, I think that people that are not as good as good as you or that see you as a threat will be offended by that. And even on a small scale, they'll call that cockiness like that. You may get called cocky because that how dare you try to tell me you have this intelligence or tell me that you run this fast or tell me that you're this smart. Like, what do you guys think in regards to the cockiness versus confidence conversation? Because I know that everyone believes that you need confidence. It's not like a, a, a thing that people don't know. But at where the line kind of, you know, is, is grade is what actually solidifies and, you know, calls the new situation cockiness. Like, when are you cocky? Like, when is it too much? You know what I'm saying? When people don't like what you're saying out loud. That's really all it is. That's, that's really what it is. Because we've heard plenty of athletes say, I talk noise for me, right? Because... Right. I need to be able to go out there and back it up. I need to generate, you know, whatever energy I need, go out there and ball and perform. It's just that when other people don't like it, some people are, I don't even think it's that they're they're humble. I think it's that people don't actually believe in themselves. They're not confident. So to hear I'm glad it, you said that, bro. Confident, that, that really hurts people. That makes people feel like, oh my God, you shouldn't be like that. Because why would you believe in yourself so much to say it out loud? Right. That makes me that makes me believe in myself less. I right. think believe in yourself so much. I think uh because like you said, like Dion, I think he's confident. I think he's really confident. But I think cockiness is when like you talk about other people. You, no, because he's not really talking about other cultures or anything. He just I'm looking at the Marcus's face. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> But no, he not he not really talking down on anybody else. He's just real confident in himself. I think cockiness is almost like y'all all suck and I'm the best. Y'all, it's almost like when you bring other people into it. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like y'all suck and I y'all can't 
sniff my jock strap. But when you're confident, it's almost like self-belief. I know what I'm gonna do. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm not worried about y'all. This is what I'm you know what the definition of cockiness is? What's that? The fact of being too confident about yourself in a way that annoys other people. But see, that's that's that's, 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 that right there. That's what I wanted to say too, is that I think cockiness is 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 tagged towards disbelief and arrogance. Yeah. And almost and almost a, a form of ignorance where confidence is a true belief and wisdom. Whether you've experienced, you know what you can do, you believe in yourself, I have confidence. Where you get cocky in a sense to where most people say is if you to me, if you cocky and you can't back it up or you not backing it up and you just talking to be talking, to me that's a form of like ignorance and arrogance put together and you got this cockiness about it. But it's kind of a gray area because I know people that are confident and cocky. So <laughs> it's just a weird space. What would y'all say Dion is? I think he's, I think he's cocky and confident. Muhammad Ali. Exactly. Oh, it may So the hard part about that is when we, like with the markers using the word arrogance, the definition of arrogance is an attitude of superiority manifested in an overbearing manner or in a presumptuous claims or assumptions. That's subjective. Who, de who determines that? Exactly. Yeah. Who is able to determine that? What Dion does isn't overbearing to me. That's what I, I don't think what but most it is to some people. Do is but we used to it, though. Our culture's used to it. We used mm -hmm. to Dion. Right. It's a cultural thing. It's a, a personal thing of why do you feel not big enough about yourself? that somebody else feeling big about them bothers you. Cause it really don't matter. I don't care when I'm, when I'm playing around the field, I don't care who you line up, line up the number one DT in the nation and let him talk all the noise he wants. I still think I can go out there and hug them out. I'm not gonna be like, oh my God, yeah. he a five star. Oh my God, I, I can't do anything about it. It makes me feel bad. That's a personal thing. So when we talk about words like this, it's really, you know, get yourself out of the mindset that because somebody else believes in themselves, you can't believe in yourself. That's really what this always comes back to for me. And, and, and it makes me think about this book I was reading. I shared with y'all a little bit from that book on the group text, but this book is talking about like game theory. And I talked about game theory before on the podcast, but it's like there's always like infinite, infinite. I don't know if it's finite or finite, however you want to say it, but infinite and finite games, right? So like football is a finite game. Chess is a finite game. It has rules. It has things you can't do um, because of the game. But then you have infinite games, which are like things like um, being in a relationship with somebody. It's like you agree into the game of loving that person. Right. You are. It's a continual thing. And I'm looking at it from like the, the side of like if you are in a game or in a situation where, OK, I've agreed that we are in competition. I'm playing against you or maybe we work together. And obviously, you know what I'm saying? We have to perform. If you outperform me, that is not a situation where I need to be, feel like I need to be small. Like I need to feel small. This is a role. I'm playing a role in a situation. We, we both have roles and responsibilities. You may be doing your job better than me right now. That means I need to learn from you. Because in this realm, you have shown more prowess in your position. We share this position. I need to be humble enough to learn from you. But that's what, that's what Dion was saying. Get me now because I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna get my experience, I'm gonna get the players, I'm gonna get everybody, I'm gonna be better. Yeah, and that, I 
like that he did that too. I liked his press conference. Like after the game, I think he really handled that well. Cause I was gonna make sure I watched it because I was like, bro, y'all blew a 29 0 lead. Ooh. I gotta see what Dion gonna say. You know what I'm saying? But he handled it like a like a man, like a man should. He said, if you're gonna blame somebody, blame me. And it and it was like all of that bravado that we see him, you know what I'm saying, allude uh, or exude, excuse me, on other interviews, he gave you the humble me. Hey, put it on me. We're gonna be better. He didn't blame Travis Hunter. He didn't blame the defensive coaches. He just was like, hey, I got to be better, and I'm going to make sure that my team's better. And that's the other side of it. It's like, I guess you could say the cockiness comes in like, it's not my fault, right? It's like, I'm the best. They just need to get better. You know what I'm saying? I guess I would see that as more of a cockiness situation, more of an arrogance. But yeah. I do believe that arrogance and cockiness is always associated with uh, people that the masses don't understand, and they're and they very vocal. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like those people always get that tag. Oh, he a cocky, you know, whatever. He arrogant. He full of himself. But it's like, what if he's just full of belief? Like, like you should be. Like, maybe that should inspire you to be more full of belief like he is. Because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, no one else will. A lot of these people, we we do call the best because they have the audacity to say Lil Wayne said, I'm the best rapper alive. After that, bro, we started saying it. We like, hey, Lil Wayne might be the best rapper. No one was saying it before Lil Wayne said it. But once he started saying it, then everybody kind of felt like this could be real. Like, we didn't even, we didn't think that he was that until he said it. So I'm like, I think that happens with a lot of people. Until you kind of have the audacity to proclaim who you are, people don't really see you like that. Are you going to be a humdrum, humble? You're going to call yourself humble, but you're masking your insecurities. That's what you're really doing. You just, you just don't want to be in the spotlight because it, it makes you nervous. That's why I think a lot of those situations are. Yeah. Kanye no, said in uh -oh. last call, I could let these dream killers kill my self-esteem or use my arrogance as esteem to power my dreams. Yeah. I use it as my gas so they say that I'm gassed, but without it, I'd be last, so I ought to laugh. That's right. That's right. Like, Y'all can tell me all of this, but if it's what gets me to where I'm trying to go, what's wrong with it? Yeah. How you been this? Nothing. I was about to say, I'm thinking of people who were great players or great something, like, like Calvin Johnson. Like, it's some people who are just quiet. I don't need that spot. Like, I don't know what he was on the field. I mean, I've never seen him talk much. But uh, maybe... Like y'all said, if, if you need it to drive you, I don't see anything wrong with it. If you're just doing it to get on people's nerves, like, I can't think of anybody who just talked that sucked. Now, give me an athlete that talked too much. Pat Beverly. Uh, Pat. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Like, he, he, doesn't I, I get, he does it to get on people's nerves. <laughs> he, he just, it's like, I just want to pick at you. I'm a little fly. I just want to get on your nerves. But yeah. I mean, but at the same time, I think the same thing still apply to Pat Beverly because that is what is pushing Pat Beverly. That's yeah. what he is, and that's the reason that he's in the NBA because he knows I'm really not a good scorer. I'm going to play hard, sometimes dirty defense, whatever you want to say, but I'm a pest. We know in sports you need people like that, especially on the basketball team. You need somebody that's going to go out there and piss the other team off. Because what if Pat Beverly get get your best player in foul trouble? He get him a tech early, right? Yeah. That's something that actually affects the game and can help you determine wins and losses. 
you you need you need I think you do need a very you, you, I think everybody needs different levels of confidence, but right. I think you need a lot of I think you if you have a team like if I have a team of 15 players, I want 12 of them to be extremely confident. You know what I'm saying? Like I know when we used to coach, bro, like I want all my players to feel 12 foot tall and bulletproof. Like I want everybody to feel like, hey, we the baddest walk around here. Like y'all can be 5'5, 136, and we could all be going in there for a varsity basketball game. And I want y'all to feel like you the coders, and I want you to say it to each other. Because once you start to believe that and you start to put that into your mind, then the sky is the limit. You know what I'm saying? I think thinking small and being humble, like, well, we'll just go out and do our best. It doesn't, it there's no scientific data that backs up that 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 helps you. Like that doesn't like being underconfident has never helped anyone like being humble being humble is understanding i have room to grow but just because you have room to grow doesn't mean you need to play small like I, i've never understood that like i'll never i'll never shun someone for being confident bro like, respect that you know what i'm saying yeah there's nothing wrong with it i mean like i like you just said i love what Dion is doing i don't think it's cocky at all because <laughs> I think you just saying what I know what I'm going to do. I, I love the game. I'm going to prepare these players. He's not really talking down on anybody else. To me, I'm I'm used to it. But, I love when y'all let me start using definitions. Yeah, do it. What's the, up? The definition of the word humble. Number one, not proud or haughty, not arrogant or assertive. Number two, reflecting, expressing, or offering in a spirit, a, a spirit of deference or submission. Number three, ranking low in a hierarchy or scale, insignificant, unpretentious, not costly or luxurious. Why are but, those things that you want to be? But but you know what? That sounds like balance, though. That sounds like balance because I think the act of you wants to believe in yourself all the way to, you know, these, these like, hey, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, whatever, I'm the woman. But in the, in the spiritual side of you, you want to be that humble, you know, taking the back seat, like, hey, I, hey, I'll let everything be what it is because I'm out of control, right? I'm not in control of this. Like, I think to me, that's what I kind of heard there. I, I felt like that was like a spiritual definition in that way. But I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I think the way that we try to use the word, yes, you're right, in like a, a spiritual, like, not letting yourself get too fully yourself away, I don't think it's necessarily all bad. But when we really look at definitions of words and how they get used all the time, I wouldn't want to tell somebody not to be proud of themselves or not to be assertive about themselves. Why? Like, why would I tell you, like, literally by definition, why would I tell you not to be proud or assertive? Yeah, that's hard. That's hard. But but pride has a negative connotation depending on well, when the reason used. But but think about it though, right? When we what we were talking about in the group message earlier about how people can get your mind controlled and how that leads into oppression and things like that, right? That's a part of it. I don't want you to be a proud person because that makes you easier to oppress. I don't want you to be an arrogant, assertive person because that makes you easier to control. Now you don't really think that you're nothing and you really can't get to where you want to be. You can't be at my level because you ain't proud. And you're not proud because I told you don't be proud of yourself. <laughs> this is probably not the right time to say this, but I'm gonna say it anyway. There's a 
I'm a call them an organization, a member, uh, uh, a mass of members that call themselves the Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. Okay. This one. No, I'm just saying, just like like you're using words, <laughs> I use the title, the Proud Boys, and how they walk around and how they move in a sense of they already own this. They already are the leader of this. They are the ones that are being submitted to. And they stand behind what they stand behind. I'm not saying it's positive, but in the sense of how they title themselves and what they move, if they don't call themselves the humble boys, you know, <laughs> it's because, hey, I'm proud of what I what I am, what I represent, what I'm doing, and I'm assertive and I'm gonna move forward with it. So yes, uh, uh move off topics. Exactly. Exactly. And usually when somebody is telling you to be humble or you should be humble is to slow you down, is to knock you down a level. And in some states, you do need to be that way so that, like Carrie said, you can learn something, but it's not to be in the position of idle. It's not to be in the position of sadness or like I think one of the, the definitions Nate said was to be like basically to be under something, to be under somebody, to submit to a position under something. Like how can you move forward, move up, move to a greater position if you're in a state of being humble all the time. And, and, and to me, it makes me think about with, you know what I'm saying? And I love that you said that. That's a great point with that Proud Boys deal. When, when I'm actively moving, I'm doing the work, right? I'm doing the work. It's like, I'm, 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 I'm proud. Like I should, I should be proud of the work that I do. Exactly. I'm proud of the products I produce. I'm proud of the way I go about it and me and my team goes about it and me and my family go about things, right? But then the humility if you're talking about humble, like you said, submit. When I think submit, what are you submitting to? I think it's right. very important to define what you submit to so you're not submitting to everyone and everything, which could be that humble thing. I'm playing small, so I submit, I submit, I submit. When really, if you're a believer in God, submit to God. That's so it. I'm humble when I submit to God. I lay it down for God, but the rest of y'all, y'all people, y'all men, y'all women, like I'm not submitting to y'all. I will work with y'all. We can touch and inspire each other right. but it's not me submitting to you i'm still going to stand in all of my strength and you're going to have to deal with this or go deal with your own insecurities weaknesses issues because that's not my problem now, we talked about that before like flexing on instagram making you uncomfortable is not the person that's flexing this problem right you know what i'm saying like there's never it's never been that it was always you <laughs> it was always you you can't you can't interpret it so Unless you bow wow, you flexing with a picture. Bow wow. Yeah, he yeah. was doing the fake flex. Wow. He was doing, he was doing oh, you talking thing. about the the, no, the bow wow challenge? He was doing like planes that wasn't his, and and and, and yeah, you ain't never seen that. Oh, he, oh, he was, was doing flex. he was doing the soldier boy. Soldier boy did that too. Yeah, that was that was Draco did first. He does everything first. He does everything first. Hey, that's that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> hey, that's weird, it's the, the other side of all of that that I say is is really what y'all saying is it should be something that is earned. You got to put the work in for it. You got to have things to back up and stand on it and say, okay, I've you know I grinded to get here, but I'm here now, and acknowledge that you're here, and that's okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's why I say it's a great 
your cocky of confidence. Because if Larry Bird say, I'm going to go over here to this corner, I'm going to use my left hand, I'm going to hit this jumper on you, and he actually does it. He's done it before. <laughs> he has some confidence. He has a whole lot of confidence in what he can do. And it's also cocky because you can't stop him. Like, I'm, yes, I'm going to do it. So, so now my cockiness is your problem to deal with. Exactly. <laughs> you got to figure out how are you going to stop me from talking this trash to you and hurting your feelings. And if you can't and do it, and then, and then when you stop me, you talk your talk your stuff. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you may not you may not operate the same way as me though. You start talking, you might start playing worse. So you got to know how you. You know what I'm saying? So. Uh, uh, the son, uh, cornerback. Ah, uh, Joey Porter. Joey Porter Jr. What he said to Odell Beckham. Go, go be a family man. You know how hard that got to hurt. What you mean? Why well, you say that? Yeah. He, he locked him up. Yeah, he took the him up, pick. took the ball, and told him, "Hey, go be a family man." Wow, it's a young man's you. game. It's a young man's game. We're done with you. I love that, bro. I love that. I love that part of sports. Like yeah. that's the part of sports I think us and I mean you know ladies I'm sorry we about to really be men right now but that's the part that I think we need as men is the 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 part of I compete with you I beat you and I tell you I beat you the testosterone that I feel like that that builds within us even as fans it's just like yes but you just said something big though a lot of these commentators and people on the news never played sports so that's where the cockiness. Comes from if you knew if you've been in the game and you've said that to somebody and and Dion talking this noise, it's almost like that's normal. But if you've never played a sport and Dion's patting himself on the back and saying how great, putting on chains on his son, putting chains on his son after pick sixes and stuff yeah, like that, it's gonna look like why would that? They're, the integrity of the game is oh my god! But you never played the game. Sportsmanship. Sportsmanship doesn't tell that I can talk my noise when I'm out here about That is what sportsmanship is because it's it's gangsmanship, not sportsmanship, it's gangsmanship. Right? What's the difference? Gangsmanship is what you're doing in the sport. In in the heat of the moment, I think sportsmanship is what like y'all are saying, people who ain't never played think that you should see. Oh, everybody yes. getting a trophy, oh, yes. everybody being nice. Oh, let me pick you up off. I'm not going to pick you up off of the ground. I just push you on your back. <laughs> what are you talking about? Come on. Yeah, the game, the game is, is slowly losing that, but I, I, I love that part about it. But you know, you know, there's always going to be another side to it. And then when you say that part, I just, I just think about all the people that's like, oh, that's not right because you should pick up the opponent, you know, because that's how it should be played, you know, so the game should be played. Who but at the same Exactly. Let's, exactly. let's go back to when these sports were invented. Do you think they were doing that back then? Do you think the dudes who was playing football in 1937 were nice to each other? Wow, they no. Were each other. They were clotheslining each other. They were punching each other in the private. Trying to kill each other. Like trying, trying to, to literally kill each other. Literally. It wasn't a game. It was if war. a man launched his whole body at your head, with the sole intention of knocking you out cold. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's a very nice person. Nah, when I, when I first watched, when I first watched the special on the bad boys playing Michael Jordan, I was just like, bro, they really, they really was trying to hurt cuz like they was oh, like they told him he will not jump off the ground this game. <laughs> like like Dennis Rodman used to like like literally like manhandle this dude. And I'm just like, dog, I'm like, 
that was what sports once were, but now, you know, like, like you said, it's a little bit more nice. It's nice. So everybody plays on the AAU team together, so they're friends. And they go to the All-Star games, and they take pictures. They, they get, and, and they be getting beat. They be getting beat on one-on-ones going and shaking his hand. Like, what, 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 what is you? Boy, you put your hand up. I'm going to smack your on my face. <laughs> yeah. But uh, new day and age, man. New day and age. So in this new day and age, man, how how how, how are we unlocking the light, man, to close? Yo, we hit us with this one. Don't give us no time to think. You don't need no time to think, man. You want to <laughs> With, with that being said, with that being said, I'll tell you right now, bro. Like, I just feel like with the topics we've been talking about, the cockiness, the power, the isolation, I mean, your journey is your own, bro. Like, I think all this, we always talk about it. Your journey, your self-discovery, what your relationship, your your profession, all of that is your stuff. Like, don't don't let outside influences determine how you're going to operate. Like, we, we got to stop doing that. Doesn't matter, Jada. We don't, it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter. You, <laughs> that got, matters. So mad, you got some mad here to go. But I just that think it go. doesn't matter. It's just like you you focus on yourself and then you'll win. You know, I think that's that's important. That's the life win. Like not it's not about money, it's not about power, it's not about anything, but you getting to be the best you you can make you before you leave this earth. I like that. Yeah. Be very careful of being idle. You being idle too long, whether it's at work, whether it's in life, whether it's in a marriage, <laughs> you lose your wife. Like you lose your job, you lose your life, and we only get one of them. You only get one life. Ain't no reset. Ain't no part two. None of that. You get one life. Be careful being. I understand peace. I understand quiet time. You know, uh, meditation, all that. But even in those times, you you recharging to get ready to go again so be careful with being idle yes sir and to wrap up what y'all both said basically stay in your lane take care of yourself pour pour into yourself but actually i mean also pour into others because uh like y'all saying um it's okay to, to to be selfish sometimes it's okay to recharge but remember to when you when you are recharged try to light other people's life lives up so. yeah I like what you did there. I like what you did there. Um, and with that being said, make sure y'all like and subscribe to the page. Make sure y'all um, catch us on Spotify. This is the Be A Like podcast, not Be The Like. You know what I'm saying? Mrs. Uh, 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 Obama, she went and created a Be The Like podcast, which was crazy. Yeah, so like she's definitely- you need to get on here. Michelle, hit us up. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Michelle, you know what I'm saying? We'll, we'll, we'll have your own sister, you know what I'm saying? If you want to come in, you know, we, we got more episodes, so we can, you know- We can, see, we can be lights. We can, we can be, be lights together. Here. We can be lights together. But um, yeah, man, make sure y'all like and subscribe. Uh, make sure y'all let us know if y'all want to hear us talk about stuff. Um, And yeah, we out. I hope Nate's okay. His phone probably-